This is the Rise of the Young Podcast, bringing you insights from the most innovative entrepreneurs and influencers of this era. Hosted by entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and branding expert, Casey Adams. Now, let's get right into the show. All right, everyone, what's going on? Casey Adams here. Welcome to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we have someone special with us, Jason Pfeiffer. He's an editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, and we connected around a couple weeks ago or a month ago, and I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, Jason. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Absolutely, man. So I know um, just regarding the title of Editor-in-Chief Entrepreneur Magazine, before we kind of jump into everything you're doing, how this led up to everything, I kind of want to just let you kind of give your insights to really what does the Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine do and kind of just catch people up to speed on everything that you're currently working on today. Yeah, so it's funny. uh, I hadn't realized until I was in this role that people have absolutely no idea what editor-in-chief means. <laughs> it sounds fancy, and people treat it like it's fancy, but I think it, I think people don't know what it is. Um, so it actually means a whole lot of different things depending upon the brand. Like, you know, like, like any like anything in business, yep. anything anywhere, every job title is kind of different. So for me, here's what it means. Um, I run the magazine, the print magazine here at, at Entrepreneur. Um, I work very closely with the digital side, but actually digital doesn't report to me so it's it's a it's a print job and um and then i'm also very involved in uh kind of other elements of the brand so um i'm kind of face of brand if somebody puts some if if somebody's got to go on tv or radio to talk about brand it's me um i am involved in discussions about our event planning and our um uh you know other other kind of content development um basically i i Keith Crock, the chairman of DocuSign, um, I was telling him how I had a hard time explaining exactly what my job is. And he said, "He's like, he's like, you are." Um He's like you're a you're like a chief product officer and 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 VP of um, of uh, well you know now I forgot what he said ah whatever you see look it's impossible to <laughs> so so basically editor in chief is is um, I, I am deciding the editorial direction of the of the the magazine and and the brand overall and um, and then I also do a whole lot of other things so I am uh, the host of a podcast here called Problem Solvers I also have a second podcast of my own called Pest Miss Archive. Um, I uh, I um, uh, I have a novel coming out, which has nothing to do with being editor in chief, but it's called Mister Nice Guy. Heck and, yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, something I wrote with my wife. It's about two people who sleep together each week and then critically review each other's performance in a magazine. <laughs> That's and, amazing. Um, and then I, you know, I, I'm a, I speak and uh, do you know keynote talks often about how to get press for your business or how to think more entrepreneurially. Yeah. And generally, I'm just kind of out there, um, out there supporting entrepreneurs and being a part of uh, everything that people are doing and being a part of this brand. That was a really rambly answer. Hey, it's all good. I love it. I love it. And I think especially because I know, um, like you said, some people may not know what editor in chief is, and obviously there's a lot of roles that come behind that. You know, it definitely seems like you're a busy guy that has a lot going on. And I know, um, regards to connecting with you. A lot of people say like, all right, like, how did you guys connect? And I know that I see you do a lot of the the stories for at entrepreneur on Instagram. When did that sort of take a thing, or does that is that kind of a role of being the editor in chief of just like you said, being the face of the brand? Yeah, it is. It, it falls under face of brand to me. I yeah. have always wanted to experiment with how to reach people, how to engage people, and um, you know, I. I 
I look at the many avenues that we have to reach people, and I and I often think about how we might not be engaging them as well as we could. And that's not like an entrepreneur problem. That's like a media problem, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, we have all these ways of reaching people. And yet, are we spending the time to really think about how it is to engage them? And I have this this um, this observation that, that I've pulled from Gary Vaynerchuk and Tim Ferriss and all these folks, which is, which is you really see how much the personal brand, the individual engages people in, in some ways better than a brand brand, yeah. right? And people, people respond to individuals. And so I thought, can I be that kind of engagement point? And what would that look like? And so I've been experimenting with that in lots of different ways. And on Instagram, yeah. the way that you see it, um, you see it manifest is that I do a lot of our stories. So, um, so I, I, at least a couple times a week, I actually, I was just planning out one right now when we talk, so I'll post it afterwards. Heck yeah. Um, I, I'm posting, you know, they're like six, seven slides and I, and I try to make them, um, about lessons that entrepreneurs can pull and things that I've learned along the way. And I am genuinely finding that by putting out a regular face, you know, a regular yeah. personality and communicating that that personality is reachable and adjustable, right? Like that you can, you can reach out and touch me and not <laughs> probably like specifically, but you can reach out and, and I'll read and I'll respond and I will learn and you'll see that reflected in the thing that I'm doing. I think that that goes a long way towards building a deeper relationship between brand yes. and audience. And so I, I, that's that's why I do it, and it's been super interesting and fun, and I've I've learned a lot just by putting myself out there like that. Well, that's amazing, and I totally agree with you because I mean, I when I started seeing you kind of do all those stories, and you're like, hey, hit me up, and I'm like, dude, this is sick. Like you, you definitely portrayed that, like, hey, reach out to me. It's not like this is someone that's like not trying to get in touch with you, you know. And that's why I reached out, and obviously, people listening, this is we're doing the podcast right now, and yeah. I think I think it's super cool because I know I've been following brands, entrepreneur, Forbes, whatever that may be, and I think you definitely have a unique insight to really what you guys are doing there just because the way of you're really connecting to that individual, you know, it's like you can follow entrepreneur, but you, if you see Jason on the story every day, it's like, Hey, like it starts to resonate, you know, but, um, before we get into yeah, that, yeah, you know, and actually, can I, can I say to, oh, yeah, just to that sure. also, that was, so when I started at, at, at entrepreneur magazine, um, I didn't come from like a pure business background. I, I worked at Fast Company for a number of years, so I knew business journalism. But I didn't, I didn't like launch a whole bunch of companies. Like that, that's, I think, what often people think yeah. uh, is the reason why I have this job, and that's not the case. Like media, we 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 get good at media. Right? Like reason I'm running this magazine is because I know magazines, not because necessarily I, I know how to run companies. Um, and so at first, I was really actually, to be totally frank with you, intimidated by putting myself out there as this spokesman for entrepreneurs when I myself am not a traditional entrepreneur. Okay. And, um, and two, two things occurred to me in the first year of this job that really changed my approach. Um, number one was that, uh, that I don't think that an entrepreneur just means that you've opened a business. Like I think that entrepreneur is someone who makes something. So an entrepreneur is somebody who makes things happen for themselves. Yeah. And so, so you can be self-motivated, self-started in 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 any variety of ways, and I think rightly call yourself an entrepreneur. And I certainly did that in building my own my own yeah. uh, career. And so I felt like okay, I, I can own the word. And then number two is I don't 
think that people need to see me as somebody who has all the answers. In fact, I think that people prefer to see someone who's learning as they are. And so as long as I could put myself out in a way in which, like, who's my pub? what's my public character, so to speak? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really who I am, which is somebody who's learning from the people that I'm covering and, uh, and, then, and then processing it and kind of reflecting it back to them. And so once I figured that out, that people are willing to go along with me on a journey, that really liberated me in, in the way that I talk to the audience and the way that I present myself. And so that, that, yeah. that also comes through in those stories. Yeah, I, I can totally see that as well. And I think that's definitely a unique insight to everything. And for the people that don't know, like you said, um, when you first started, obviously you haven't opened up many businesses. So when did the time come that you were really titled as the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur? How long have you been doing just so that people can kind of know the background? Oh, yeah. So not, not, that, not that long. I started in September of 2016 okay. as editor-in-chief and I was at the brand for less than a year maybe three quarters of a year before that as executive editor which is the number two position at a magazine Okay. and uh, and then prior to that I, I really honestly just bumped around magazines um, I was at uh, I was at Men's Health uh, Fast Company like I said Maxim Boston Magazine I was a newspaper reporter uh, freelanced for kind of you know kind of everybody from Slate to GQ to Popular mechanics I, I'm I my history is in is in uh, media okay so so when it comes to media because I know um me personally as well as I know I have a couple friends that listen to podcasts regarding just having a magazine or just opera having an operation of that regarding a magazine a media company what's from your angle of being such a high position in entrepreneur is like what's the biggest thing you'd say for people that are actually trying to build a media company of value and show stories and tell people stories about individuals or companies or things what's like the most important thing to really building and maintaining an established media company in your eyes? It's a really good question. I mean, listen, first of all, you have to appreciate that media is a long game, really long game. It is, it is not easy. It's uh, <laughs> not easy to monetize. Um, and, uh, and it's labor intensive. I think that the, the days of people launching brands that just ride the Facebook algorithm and gain uh, advertising dollars on top of that are are almost over, if not completely over. And okay. good riddance to it, because I hate that stuff. I think that that provided no value to anybody. So uh, my belief right now is that and I should say, uh, my office. In case you hear this, my my office is at the corner of uh, good. Uh, of 35th and 7th, <laughs> and there are a lot of uh, sirens that go blaring down, and so it's, it's unavoidable. No worries. Um, so, uh, so I, I think that the days of trying to speak to everybody are also over. Um, you need to have a very specific audience. You need to know exactly who that audience is, how you can serve them in a way that nobody else is serving them. And oftentimes when I talk to you, I mean, let, let's scale this thing down to like an individual level. When I talk to somebody who has a blog or somebody who's trying to yep. grow their Instagram following or something, which is, you know, a small media fun yeah. fun functionally. And they say, um, and they ask me for my advice on, on building it. And, I, and the first thing I ask them is, who is your reader? Like, like who yeah. is your who is your very specific reader, and what do they turn to you for? And if you don't know the answer to that question, then there's no possible way that you're going to grow 
your brand and your audience. You need to know that. You need to be really specific about that because then that will provide a filter uh, for the kinds of stuff that you produce. And the more that you produce stuff that's aimed at a specific audience, the more that specific audience will know it and come to you for it. And uh, I know that's that's very, very basic, but when you're starting out, I think that people often overlook that. They start to think more about what do they like to do, yep. what you know, what would be fun. But no, you really, you have to know your audience and then serve that audience. No, that's, that's amazing. I, I think I, I kind of pulled something from that regarding just like, as an individual level, like Gary Vee says, it's like you are your own media company. Is that sort of like the route that you kind of kind of meant by that? Meaning just like you have to really look at not only yourself, but if you're scaling, but even from an individual level is like finding the audience and then obviously putting out content relating to that sort of like Gary Vee says when even building a personal brand, you know? Sure. I mean, you know, it depends on what your goals are. Yeah, but yeah. If you, if you want to present yourself as a, as a media entity, and lots of people do. I mean, what is an influencer, but basically a personal media entity? Yeah. Then, then yeah, you absolutely need to you you need to have a level of consistency, right? I mean, just think about you know, I, I often I often think that the way to understand how to produce something is to simply try to understand your own consumer habits, um, because because what yes. you'll see is that you as a consumer are drifting towards people who are just doing the production very very well. So when you think about you as you as a consumer. Um, why do you listen to the stuff you listen to or read the stuff you do or tune into whatever you tune into? Right? The, the reason is, is because of predictability. Right? Like you're going to yep. something for a very specific reason. You know what you're going to get before you get it. Right? Like nobody would listen to a podcast that every single episode, it was just, it was just random. Yep. It was just something <laughs> totally different. Right? Like you're tuning into something because, because that – that entity has created an expectation of um, in you of value and and takeaway and and that oh, wow. you know that value and takeaway could be this is fun and bubblegummy or it could be I'm learning something about how to build this or that but whatever it is you are going to it for a specific reason so now turn it yes. back around as a creator you need to have that consistency you need to be producing something that is aimed directly at a, a, a knowable audience and is serving them in a way that they can come to to rely on and um and so yeah if you i mean like you know that's not for everybody right yeah. so if you are if you just if you're on twitter just to goof around then i guess do whatever you want doesn't matter but if you are somebody who's paying attention to what gary v is saying then presumably it's because you're in some way or another trying to leverage social media to build something yeah. and um and then you need to start thinking like a media brand absolutely yeah that, that's that's amazing so i, I want to talk about entrepreneurs i know like you said obviously you're the editor-in-chief and entrepreneur and this podcast is geared towards highlighting people that have built something of value or just have a complex life based around entrepreneurship, you know? So this yeah. is obviously, like you said, this is my niece when it comes to people coming to this podcast to listen to get value. That's the people that we're speaking to right now. So in that regard, when it comes to just the brand entrepreneur, obviously everyone listening to this podcast knows of it. They've heard of it. They know what the magazine is and it's been an yeah. established brand for years and years and years, right? So right. Re regarding that, and you obviously have more insight than anyone listening or myself, when it comes to just that production and that size of media entity, what do you think when it comes to like this, the maintaining of that, have you seen is just the most important thing to do? I, and kind of let me simplify that real quick. Meaning just when it comes to your kind of main management of a team and making sure things go out every single day, what's, what would you say is the most critical thing from a entity on that size that you tend to do each and every single day to just make, make sure things are flowing correctly? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 what I'm, the first answer that comes to mind doesn't necessarily go to that last part there of, kind of making things flow every single day. But I, I, I think that uh, particularly for a uh, an older media brand um, like this one, this is a, this is a 40 year old brand. Yep. So I, you know, I guess that counts as legacy media. Yes. And um, uh, we we have to, and I think did recently, um, and we'll have to continue to make sure that our our vision is refined and updated to the moment and to the expectations of the audience. So let me give you an example. When I when I took over this brand uh, in 2016. Uh, the, the magazine was not updated. The magazine was a magazine for an older vision of what the word entrepreneur means. So entrepreneur at the time uh, uh, that the magazine had last been updated, whatever the hell that was, um, really meant small business person. Right? I mean, yep. I'd say really for, for the most of the 40 years of this brand has been around, it meant small business person. And so that magazine was built around serving that very particular audience, yep. uh, which meant that it had a lot of kind of service stuff, tax tips for small businesses, and you know retail uh, location advice and yep. stuff like that. And so now I walk into this magazine, it's 2016, and I'm looking around and I'm saying, this is not speaking to the people who are calling themselves entrepreneurs. Like that, that is just completely shifted right yeah. now. Entrepreneur, like everybody can be an entrepreneur. Everybody is calling themselves entrepreneurs, uh, young people, older people, athletes, uh, everybody. And, um, and so this brand needs to start talking to all those people. It needs to update itself to where the culture is with the word. And, uh, and that meant a full rethink about exactly what to, to, to what I was saying earlier, what is our filter? What are the things that we do that people can reliably turn to us for? What is our value? Yep. And um, the answer that I had was that we needed to speak to everybody who thinks of themselves as an entrepreneur and everyone who thinks of themselves as an entrepreneur, whether they are selling stuff on eBay or they're running a venture-backed company, they all have one thing in common, which is the experience of entrepreneurism. They all feel that emotional challenge of entrepreneurism, of feeling lonely and crazy and problem solving yep. through walls. It's all there. And so I remade the magazine to target that, 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 that feeling, that insight, that yep. shared experience, and um, get rid of the tax tips. You can find that somewhere else. <laughs> this is really about belonging and yeah. learning from each other. That is and amazing. And that's great. And now, and now, here's the danger. So I like I'm all proud of that, right? And yep. I tell that story, and that's wonderful. Um, the danger is that I'm so proud of it that I forget to keep an eye out for when that becomes outdated. Okay. Right? Like at some point, that vision that I have for how to serve an entrepreneur in 2016, 2018, hopefully beyond. That's go it's going to change. Yes. Something is going to change, right? And I am going to have to be nimble enough to recognize it and adjust. And not just me, but this entire brand. And that's that's the big challenge for a large media company, is that if you're around long enough, your audience is going to start changing, and the yep. way that you need to talk to that audience is going to change. And you either need to be self-aware enough to do that, or, frankly, step aside and let somebody else do it. 
amazing. And that's super cool because, I mean, even for me, it's like I've been following the magazine for years and, like, you even see, like you said, like, the pivoting point where it's, like, obviously with the social media side and the content and everything regarding just the the pivoting of the brand it's super cool to be speaking with you because obviously like you have the thoughts and really the plan and you had the just vision for what it is today you know for the years that you've been there and I, and I it's super cool to just be speaking with you about that because I think a lot of people listening when it comes to just whether that be following entrepreneur or knowing what it is like you definitely it's like it's in the culture, you know? It's like, like you said, it's not that old media company that's getting tack tips. It's like the up-to-date, culture-based entrepreneur, hip-slash-culture-based entity, correct? And I think I think a question that I wanted to kind of follow up with that is regarding just everything social media, everything nowadays, you can get it in a three-second time frame of turning on your iPhone and clicking on an app, right? So with the brand itself and the time you've been there, how has social media played a distinctive role? Because obviously everything today is social-based. What's been that kind of transformation pivot point since you've been there in the brand? Yeah, well, I mean, we've done a good job of experimenting inside of different platforms. I think that, you know, so we have we have a really, we have a small social team. There are, are there are some brands out there that, um, you know, ha, ha, just have enormous, uh, enormous teams and yep. they can, they can be producing on a dime and that's amazing and congratulations for them. Um, you know, we're actually a fairly small operation, um, despite the large footprint that we have. And yep. so that, that, I think that creates new and interesting opportunities, right? Like it's great to have, you know, it's great to have like tons of people to do stuff, but it's actually kind of amazing when you have these, um, these restrictions, which, which force you to be really resourceful. So we have uh, we have our social media manager Andrea who is just does uh, just does uh, you know the work of ten people, and um, one of the things that I think she has been especially good at is identifying how people engage on different platforms and okay. then evolving that conversation in each one. Right? So uh, so Instagram is interesting in addition to my stories, which I don't yep. honestly coordinate with her. I, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning and then I just kind of started doing it. Uh, she started a daily, there's like a daily news um, roundup video that we post as like a regular post. It's yep. hosted by our editorial director, Dan Bova. Um, um, she, you know, she, she experiments a lot with, um, with the kinds of inspirational quote stuff that does really well on Instagram, but then also, um, you know, videos, for, uh, clips from stuff that we produce and basically just, just figuring out what it is that people want on that platform and, and how to give it to them and how to, and how to not be salesy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I often see other brands and it's just like all their stories are basically sales pitches and, and, you know, we do some of that too. And actually it converts quite, quite interestingly well. Um, but I think that it converts well because enough of it is just um, is just the the, the, the give yeah. to, to just quote to quote Gary Vee for like the tenth time this podcast right? <laughs> the, the jabs and then the right hooks yeah so um, so she you know she she's doing really well there and um, and you know on Facebook we've been really amping up our Facebook lives we actually just we just tried this really interesting experiment um, I've never seen a brand do this before we put the date and address uh, web address. For a Facebook Live on the cover of a magazine, so we planned <laughs> wow. we planned it out many months in advance. <laughs> it's on, so we we have a, we produce a, a a second. It's a new stand only magazine called Startups, and um, uh, and it comes out a quarter or uh, three times a year. And the current issue, which has Peloton on the cover, 
Um, it's actually about to leave stands and be replaced with something else, but it, it has the CEO of Peloton on the cover, and we're doing a Facebook Live with him tomorrow, actually. Okay. Uh, and uh, I mean, that's not going to be relevant to your audience, but um, but uh, anyway, the, we put it right there on the cover. Like, tune into this Facebook Live, ask this guy who you're seeing on yep. the cover questions. How cool is that? Like, that's that is like, let's just let's just try, let's experiment, yeah. see what we can do, and. Um, you know, I, I, I personally, I've been, I've, I've taken inspiration from that, and, and have been doing the same thing, and have found amazing results. Um, LinkedIn has been a particular kind of shining star for me, where I did not understand LinkedIn, like just personally, like yeah. I was just all I would do is post links, and nobody would engage with them. <laughs> and then I finally realized how people engage on LinkedIn with, with you know, lessons and inspiration and motivation, and um, and now my LinkedIn is like constantly blowing up. Like okay. you have to spend time really seeing what the ecosystem is, what the conversations yeah. are, and then and then adjust yourself to it rather than think that you can just go in and get whatever you want out of any platform. Yeah, no, totally, totally. And I think that's super unique, especially I, I like I keep bringing up the um, the stories that you're doing, just like adding that personality behind the brand. I think that's something that I'm putting a lot of focus into with the page that I have, Build Your Empire. And I, I've definitely, I'm starting to just kind of see the value of it when it comes to you posting the stories or even other brands, right? But um, yeah. in regards to you, like as an individual with your podcast and your book coming out, I want to talk a little bit about that because obviously you have this amazing title at entrepreneur and it's valued you in so many different ways but when it comes to you as an individual and the, like I said the podcast the book when did kind of all that come about was that something where it's like as working there you kind of putting focus into personal branding and doing more stuff as an individual or what's sort of the the driving force behind the personal podcast and the book that you have coming out soon so I have always thought that um I needed to be learning new things, and and I, that the part of that is just in me. Like I I don't I get bored easily. Um, I don't really like to learn how to do something and then just do it over and over again. I yeah. have to almost more enjoy the process of learning it, and um, and then I uh, and then I also having spent enough time in media, and I think the media is is. is in this way, a stand-in for basically any other industry. So, so this this holds true for everybody. Um, you know, you look around and you see a lot of change, and you see a lot of people who know how to do one thing get really outmoded, and then don't know how. And right, like you know, yeah. how many? I've heard so many stories of of somebody who had a great career as a as a movie reviewer at yep. a at a regional newspaper, and now they can't do anything else because everybody got <laughs> rid of their movie reviews. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so now what do they do? So I never wanted to be that person. I always wanted to make sure that I was constantly expanding my skill sets so that at any time, on a dime, I could present myself in different ways. Yeah. So that so that if I showed up at if I showed up at Entrepreneur Magazine tomorrow and they had decided to fire me or the company shut down or whatever, you know, like yeah. whatever nightmare scenario it is, yep. um, that I'm gonna be okay because I know how to do all these other things. So um, so I that's how I've always so I, that's how that's why I learned how to be on video, right? Yeah. And that's um, and that's why I launched my first podcast. So my first, my the personal podcast came before the entrepreneur podcast, and okay. and actually is a really great example of exactly how this kind of stuff pays off. Okay. So I started this podcast before I became editor in chief. Oh, it's, wow. called, it's called Pessimist Archive. It's a history of unfounded fears of innovation. So every episode we look at the moment that a new piece of technology was introduced, and we try to understand why it freaked everybody out. Yep. So it's the Walkman, wow, cool. recorded music, the car. Thanks. It's super fun, and. Um, 
And I, why did I do that? I did it one, because it interested me that that subject has always fascinated me, but two, because I wanted to learn how to podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew that if I, if I had figured that out, that's a skill set that would come in handy at some other point. Who knows when? Doesn't matter. You do not need to know the ROI on something before you start doing it. And yeah. so I, I launched that podcast. It, it's done well. It's built a great audience. It's super fun. Uh, I still run it. But then when here I am an, an entrepreneur, uh, like maybe eight months, a year later or something, and um, and we are talking internally about launching a podcast network inside, yeah. you know, internally. Yeah, yeah. And who's the guy? Who knows how to do that? Well, it's me. It's me because I launched my own podcast. Yep. So I, I was the, I was able to kind of guide that, and I was my podcast for entrepreneur was the first one to launch. And you know the same thing is true with with Mr. Nice Guy the novel. Um, I see writing books as a potential future career. Maybe you know probably not fiction, um, yeah. probably nonfiction. But this was a this was a way to, a good way to start. My my wife is a novelist, so we decided to team up on this idea that I had had for a long time. And um, and I'm doing it because one, it's fun, uh, and you know, it's also just good for my relationship with my wife. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, it's a great project. But but honestly, um, the thing that gets me like super pumped up is is thinking about marketing this thing. So yeah. this comes out in October, and you know what? Here, let me. I will. I will make because you got you've got a young um, and uh, entrepreneurial audience. So let, yeah. let me make a challenge to you guys. Um, I I am trying to think of as many non traditional ways to market this novel as possible right like i will be okay on press i think i hope you know yeah. I mean, we know yeah. a bunch of people so um but how do i how do i build out other things how do i get people's attention how do i do the unexpected that's what i'm really interested in i've got a gigantic yep. spreadsheet that i've been building for the last year and i want this book to teach me a lot about book marketing so okay. that maybe you know in the future when i'm writing a book a year who knows i'm yeah. things up now you know i know how to do that so if you listener have any great ideas or you know want to be a part of of, uh, of getting Mr. Nice Guy out there into the world, yes. reach out to me. Definitely, let me know. Cause man, I my ears are open. For sure, and like your social your social media links will be all down below. And everyone, if you would like to follow him, which I highly advise you to do, please send him a DM because I think it's super cool that you bring that up. Because I think um, a lot of especially young people, anywhere from fifteen to twenty five, that are following me, it's like especially with the current marketing and how so much things change so fast with different algorithms or whatever that may be, I think it's super cool. And I definitely want people to take their time out of the day to kind of reach out to you and kind of just give you whether that be one tip or two things that's on their mind currently that you can kind of innovate with. So I definitely want everyone listening to make that happen because I think that that would be super cool. No, thanks. I, pre I appreciate that. And, you know, and by the way, that's, that's another value. That's another benefit. Of, um, of of being the kind of person who responds to other DMs, right? Like, there's a yeah. reason why I respond to DMs, to, and, and I do to like, yeah. literally everybody. It takes so much time, um, and uh, and the reason is because I, I I create a kind of back and forth value, right? Yeah. Somebody can reach out to me and maybe give me an idea that's really useful, and sometimes just being in touch with me can be useful to people. Sometimes people like you reach out, and then I'll go on their podcast or they'll or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, and and I. I just think that it's BS when somebody gets a cool job and then they like shut themselves off. Like that, <laughs> that it is that it is hard to reach editors in chief of other magazines. Yeah. I think is ridiculous. Like those That's people, are, those people are ridiculous. Like you should be you should be constantly reacting and responding to your to your to your um, you know your readers, yeah. your viewers, or whatever. And when I was at other publications and I would see that the the you know the boss 
was not doing that, was not reachable. I, I just I thought that was obnoxious. Yeah, that, that's a unique that's a unique viewpoint. I think, especially for me, kind of building my smaller media company known as Build Your Empire right now, I think that's a valuable tactic that I just got from that. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because it is super cool, especially when it comes to just, um, I, we brought up Gary Vee so much, but like his access. I sent him a DM and he got back to me. And I think sort of that entire realm of like, being the big guy that doesn't respond is kind of outdated. Would you agree on that? Totally. Just when it comes yes. to like having them no access to someone? A hundred percent. Like the right. The person the person who doesn't respond is the person who doesn't get engaged with. Like, yes. That's you know, like I, I'm I am not and, and, and you know what? Think, also you gotta think of it this way. And um and like this is I, I don't this is like I hesitate to say this because it sounds it sounds like kind of coldly strategic in a way that um, in a way that I don't, I don't mean it to be, but it's also, just, it just happens to be true. And so that if you, you know, if you're thinking about how to build a personal brand, you have to think about this. Okay. So, you know, in, in sales, it's, we talk about touches, right? Like how many touches does yep. it take to, to, you know, for, for a consumer to, to make a purchase? Um, it is my belief and, and, uh, and, and it's kind of borne out in my experiences on social media that to, to build a personal brand fan by fan um, requires literally one touch per fan. Like if somebody reaches out to me through through DM and I respond once, like, and I'll, I'll keep responding, but like sometimes people will reach out and then I'll respond and then they'll respond and they'll just be like, oh, I didn't expect that you'd actually get back to me. <laughs> yep. That's, that's done, right? Like deal done, close, sign. Like yep. that's it. <laughs> They're, they are following me now for, for, forever, right? And if I put a book out, they're gonna buy it. Like it actually yeah. doesn't take much. And so for people, like it's it's so crazy to me that this is this is one of the easiest things that you can do is just respond to people. I don't need to write a novel back to people whenever <laughs> they write it. Like just respond to them. Yep. Show them that, that you you heard them, that that they made a connection. I, just that small gesture goes an unbelievably long way. It's yes. it's amazing. And frankly, you know you know when I do this, I, so I, sometimes I just if I need a break from whatever, if I just edited a 3000 word story and then I'm done, I'm like, yeah. I'll just go into the DMS and start responding. But often I'll just do it. I'll just do it like filling time during the day. Like I'm on the subway or I'm waiting for the subway or I'm walking down the street or I'm brushing my yeah. teeth, whatever. That's when I do it, you know? And, um, and it just it means so much to people, and it's just not that hard. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and I think I think it's super cool because I mean, the more that I'm like like you said, when it comes to me reaching out to you, it's like you see the value, you know, it's like me reaching out to you and you reaching out to me, saying, hey, I'm down. It's like I'll forever be following you and keeping up to date. And when your book launches, I'll buy it, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know. It's like, and I don't think people get that because I I have a lot of young listeners that um that follow me and they're like, dude, like how did you meet Gary Vee or Andy Versella or Grant Cardone? It's like, dude, I sent them a DM. And they happen to respond, and then I was able to position myself to get them on the podcast or whatever it is, right? And I, I kind of want you to touch on that because obviously, um, just based on your kind of thesis of you like getting back to people, what's been your sort of thought process on that? I know we just touched on like, hey, it's, it's not kind of the good thing to do to not reach out to people, but when it comes to just sending a DM and trying to interact with someone, how valuable in your mind do you think that is? Because I know with social media, it's like some people think like, I can't get in contact with him. And from my experience, it's like, dude, if you're persistent and actually have a core reason to reach out to someone, you will get, if they will get back to you, if they actually are, are the type of person that takes the time to reach out and respond back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that, I think that you need to reach out with some realistic expectations and also 
to provide some kind of value in your initial outreach. And it, and, and it does not have to be much. So let me, let me, let me explain what, to me, here's, here's value. If somebody reaches out to me, here's value. Uh, you know, hey, uh, Jason, uh, I loved that article you just wrote. Oh, hey, I listened to that podcast, or you know, hey, I'm a subscriber to your newsletter, or whatever. That's value. Like yeah. that was value right there, because you know why? Because it showed me that you are you're like a you're uh, you're a, you pay attention to me, right? You yep. you've listened to me. You I've been I've been heard. Like I that that hooks me in. Um, you know what? You know what is the opposite of that is when somebody reaches out to me and they're just like, hey, I have I have a company. Will you <laughs> cover it? And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, like I'm not interested in that. You know, yep. like what I, 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 because I have this policy of basically always responding, I'll often just say like, oh, it's not a fit for us, but congratulations, you know, congratulations on, yep. on success or something like that. Right. But, but really what, what I'm saying, well, I, I'm not paying attention to it. Right. Because you, you didn't, you didn't, I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to flatter me. I'm like not, I'm not here to be flattered, but I am saying that if you're going to reach out to somebody on social, yes, um, that the smart thing to do is to uh, is to open up by showing them that there is some connection there, right? Like that, that yeah. they've been heard, that you're not just like reaching out looking for something, um, that you are in some way, in some small, small way, building a relationship instead of just looking for a transaction. Yeah. It really makes all the difference. And, and then also, can it, can it, there are so many people who just reach out to me and here's what they say, ready? Hey. <laughs> Yep. That's it. Yep. Hey. Yep. What is that? Yep. What is I don't know, just can't figure out what you're looking for. Are you looking for me to respond and say, hey, back? I don't, I don't know what that is. Dude, hey. I love that you brought that up because I bring that up so much to people as well where it's like having a meaningful DM, you know, like you said, like figure out whatever piece of value like you just explained giving to someone. But it's like if you're just one of those guys that's like, what's up, man? Like what do you expect to get in return, right? It's, it's, you're not going to get anything of value in return if you don't come up in the forefront and give value to them, you know? Right. That's, exactly. That is the fundamental exactly. truth of the DMs. <laughs> it's so weird. I do not get what these people are going for with hey. Like do they like <laughs> it's like do they think that we're gonna have like a long chat? Are we yeah. gonna go back and forth like we're texting each other, like like you know, like buddies? Like, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Um so so yeah, so reach out, say, you know, like just I don't know. Do you have a question? Do you have? Do you, do you like something? Whatever it is. I mean, I don't know. People people DM me in smart ways all the time. You know what I? Yeah, did? yeah. Literally before we got on the we got on the phone here. Um, so I just came back from. Uh, there's a place called Broadway Bites. I think is that is that yeah. what it's called? It's um yeah like the like the food marketplace on on Broadway yep. um, in the 30s. Um, so there is a uh, there is a a woman who has a hot sauce company and she DM me like, you know, a million years ago. Um, and I responded and you know what she was doing? I think she basically was just like responding to stories of mine. Like she saw a story and she would just, and this is like what a lot of people do is she just send some, some thoughts or something. And then I would send some thoughts back. And then after a while she asked if she could send me her hot sauces. And I said, sure. So she sent me, she sent me some hot sauces, good hot sauces. Um, and, uh, I should, I should give a shout out to, to them. Um, yeah. uh, I have to pull, pull up the name of what they're called. Um, so uh, I'm doing that. Oh, silly chili. They're called silly chili hot sauces. And, uh, and so now, um, uh, now it turns out that she's got this dumpling stand, uh, right down the street from my office. And she invited me to come down and have some dumplings. Nice. So, <laughs> so it I, touches. I said, sure. And you know what? I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't feel like I knew her at all. Like if she was just like out of nowhere, hey, come yeah. down and have some dumplings. I feel like 
uh, I don't want to like put this person out. They're going to give me free dumplings and expect yeah. something. But you know, she had built this relationship. Yes. And so I went down there. We spent like 30 minutes talking. I love her story. I took like a bazillion photos. I'm going to go post like an Instagram story yeah. um, on entrepreneur's account. And, you know, hopefully it'll get her some dumpling sales. But that like, she got that from not asking for anything. Yes. She got that from just building a relationship slowly over time. Um, not ne- like not asking, never hey. Like it was just, it was, <laughs> yep. just it was an organic conversation. And yes. that's what you need to go for. And the the touches, like you said, bringing it back to the point, just the multiple touches building that relationship, you know? Yes, All exactly. Right. So, so last thing, I know we have a lack of time right now. So one thing that I think is super cool when it comes to just media in general, obviously I'm young right now and just like kind of growing up in this social media age, when it comes to your experience being editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur and really just like being a core individual in a big media company, when it comes to your insights on just media in general, whether that be Entrepreneur or other companies, what do you think the biggest thing is to differentiate yourself from other media companies when it comes to just the content, the brand behind it. What's your thoughts on that? Just how to be different than other media companies? Hmm. Well, I'm, I think that voice has has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, you, you so every. You know, we, we talked about audience uh, and identifying the audience and understanding how to serve that audience. And part of serving that audience is knowing how you're speaking to that audience. Um, you know, I, I, I think something that non-professional writers who don't think about what their like writer voice is uh, often overlook is how they're coming across. You know, it's it's really interesting. You'll you'll look at it like a piece of writing from from somebody, um, and it will it will change tones throughout the thing. Like it'll start kind of conversational, and then suddenly it'll get kind of academic, and yeah. then and then you know it'll do something other some other thing, and um, and every like bu- go look at BuzzFeed and. Uh, and go look at go look at the different voices and styles on on BuzzFeed. Like those are all done in really strategic, thoughtful ways. Like even yeah. that, even the kind of GIF listicle thing, right? That yeah. they that they popularized, right? Like that's like you. That's funny and all that and whatever. But just think about that as just a piece of media creation. It's really smart. Like yeah. they, it was really smart. Like they were thinking about how can we produce really engaging, fun, basically low resource, um, uh, stories, um, that keep people scrolling. And they came up with this, it's, it's a voice. It's a yeah. voice. It's like speaking in a particular way. And it totally connects with it, with a particular kind of audience. Right. And then yeah. and Buzzfeed is not afraid because it's a, it's a big sprawling enough thing. And I, I wouldn't suggest that somebody who's just starting out do this, but, um, you know, they have Buzzfeed life and they have Buzzfeed news and they talk to different audiences and they talk yep. to them in totally different ways. But like, again, none of that is accidental. That is all very, very thoughtful. So I, I would think not just about who the audience is and who, like what it is that you're doing, but what is your voice? What is your voice? Um, Morning Brew is a is a uh, a newsletter. It's a daily business newsletter um, for kind of young people. Like it's yeah. kind of like young people in banking, and I subscribe. And the thing that I'm most impressed with about them is just is their voice. They're like relentlessly clever throughout the thing, but at the same time useful. They like have figured out yep. how to be. How to how to be straightforward, deliver you the news, but do it in a way with, that doesn't feel dry, that has a kind of sense of humor to it. Um, I, it's it's great, and I think that um, 
you know, they're, they're, the, the, the more you, the more an audience relates to the voice, the more they're going to want to keep coming back because the more they start feeling like that voice is coming from a human and not just from a, like a brand a yeah. thing, uh, voice builds relationships. And so you should not discount it. Uh, it's the reason I think why people, uh, are, are become so, uh, fixated on podcasts, right? Yeah. Because a good podcaster has a specific voice and then that voice helps build an audience and, and, and a relationship. And so you feel connected to the podcasters because you feel connected to their voice. And I don't just mean they're like actual voice. I mean, they're like how they're talking. Yep. So, um, so that translates in, in, in every medium. Um, I would say that even in like, for example, if people, you know, follow my Instagram, you'll see that like my DMS have a particular voice. Like, yeah. That's again, that's not accidental. Like I'm thinking through what is the voice of my, of my DM and then adjusting it as I see what gets more engagement. That so think about how you're communicating. What is your voice? It really, really matters. That is, that is very critical. And I, I think the key to this podcast to wrap it up is know your voice, you know, whether that your personal brand, your entity that you're building. It's like, if you don't know your voice, you shouldn't expect to get an engagement because you don't know what audience you're targeting in the way you're saying it and the tone that you're putting it in, you know? So that was that was phenomenal, Jason. I definitely think that people are going to get a lot of value from this, obviously. But last thing before I let you go, yeah. number one, where is the best people that people can hear your voice from? Is it Instagram? Is it your podcast? Where can they all find more information about you? And yes, this will be down below, but what's the best from your eyes? <laughs> yeah, boy, there's a lot. Um, I mean, I guess the over the the thing, the umbrella thing. Uh, if you can just if you can remember one thing is to go to my website just because it has links to everything. Yep. Which is just my name, JasonPfeiffer.com. Um, but you know, yeah, check me out on Instagram uh, at Hey Pfeiffer. Um, same thing on Twitter, though I'm I'm more active on Instagram. Um, and uh, um, yeah, the, the the podcasts again, Problem Solvers is about entrepreneurs solving unexpected problems in their business, and Pessimists Archive is history of unfounded years of innovation and then of course like i said i got that novel mr yep. nice guy comes out in october and if anybody wants to uh, uh deliver upon me some brilliant marketing scheme yes I'm all ears definitely everyone listening make sure you do that and then also one more thing um i know obviously i found you through the instagram stories at entrepreneur if you want to see jason in action and kind of more what we talked about in the podcast go follow entrepreneur if you aren't already but actually stay updated with their stories you know because jason's putting out phenomenal content you'll see what he means by creating that voice of the brand so that being said Jason everyone following listening to this right now make sure you go follow Jason tell him that you came from the podcast let him know about that book marketing strategy because he definitely wants to hear from you guys and that being said Jason thank you so much for coming on the show taking the time I know that you have a lot of things on your plate as well but it definitely means a lot for you to come on the show Jason thank you so much hey thank you this was great absolutely y'all are hopeless this is a decade of devotion it's hard to stop my movement when I'm already in this ain't luck, this is by design I had to work in the dark for my light to shine A lot of people are dope, they just dope. quit too they soon A lot of rappers got broke cause they got rich too soon My confidence was my success